Hello. Hello. And, and welcome, welcome to, to We Like Stuff. <laughs> no way, I'm keeping this in. How dare you? We're almost 20 episodes in, and you mess up now? We I did like stuff, stuff and <laughs> so shit. Well, so I did. This I did. Is a show where we talk about <laughs> stuff and things we like. I did five episodes of damage control on all the co- uh, the description of every episode. I was like, hey, I know we goofed. Don't look at that. Don't listen to us. We've been talking. You have to cut me some slack because I have quarantine brain. <laughs> no, quarantine brain is Animal Crossing brain. Yeah, but I'm just saying that like. It's bushy comparatively. Okay, I haven't been outside in days. I wear track pants every day and a shirt with literal holes in it. Yeah, but you like that shirt. I do. It's comfy. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying. I haven't worn a shirt in like five days. (laughs) Anyway, this is a show where we talk about things we like. We're broadcasting from our home. Yeah. Um, my name's Brenny, and this is Melissa. Um, do you have a little like? Yes. I thought that instead of doing a little like, I mean, if you have one. I don't fine. really. I was going to think of one right now. Uh, I was thinking that instead of doing that, we could give everyone our Animal Crossing update of the week. Because since last week where I talked about Animal Crossing, which is a thing that I really like, Brennan has well, also yeah. bought an Animal Crossing, and we have bought Animal Crossing. Bought Okay. I know you fixed it, sorry, continue. And we have both been playing it, um, fervorously. Yes. Is that a word? Because, like, Quarantine Brain is not Quarantine Brain. It is Animal Crossing for eight hours plus day. every day, yeah. yes. Not Which continuously, why... not continuously. No. We do take breaks. We do eat. Yes. And sometimes. Clean ourselves. Well. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Like a lot of people during this quarantine, I feel like Animal Crossing has really been a savior to us because you pretend to go outside and you live on a beautiful island and there's a beautiful ocean and you fish and you catch bugs. I talked all about this last week, Um, but just as a little update because this is something I really like. I don't want to talk about it for another 15 minutes. I'm just going to talk about it as if it was a little like, but a little update on my island called Cutie Cove. Um, so far, I've had three new villagers move in, bringing my total number of villagers to five. I have been filling my museum with fish and bugs and fossils, which I have quite a lot of now. Um, a really sad note that I really can't get over is I got a rare fish and then mm. I sold it by accident. Um, that was the worst. I was there when that happened and she was like crying the entire time. and just like she spent like... Like 20 manila clams trying to make fish food and then fishing in the same spot and getting just carp. Yeah. Uh, so, and, uh, and black bass a lot. Um, yeah, that's the worst. Not as bad as sea bass, which the more you play Animal Crossing, the more you come to loathe the sea bass. Yeah. It's um, not, like, it's not even worth that much. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And also, my town has every type of fruit now. Um, thanks to me, thanks to Nicole. Thanks to other friends that I have on the Switch for giving me. Oh, that's fair. No, that's because I was I was waiting for the fruit to grow to give you, and then another person just showed up and was like, here's a whole tree. Yeah, and then we learned how to uproot trees because we've been playing it um, badly 
before that fight. Yes. Um, anyway, so Cutie Cove is thriving. We're getting a new resident center tomorrow, which I'm really excited about. And yeah. Yeah, I, I have three residents now. Um, the fourth one's coming tomorrow. I'm literally just. And don't you have four now? Start with two. You've had Pate and. No, Pate. Oh, yeah, no, because Ava. Yeah, Ava is stuck in her house. That's why. <laughs> That's why I felt like it was three. No, yeah, the fourth one, so the fifth one's coming tomorrow. Um, I just have this debt to pay off. That's literally all I can do right now. Just pay off this debt because nothing else needs to be built or, or managed. Um, speaking of Animal Crossing, I saw a really good description as to why. Like, well, quarantine aside, um, someone just on Tumblr of all things um, was saying, um, I've never been able to pinpoint why Animal Crossing is fun because there's not much in terms of gameplay. I think the fact that it's a simulated utopia where the only work you have to do is the work you want to do. Um, and the only payments you have to make are the payments you want to make. And that's a big part of why. Everyone is your friend and everything is pleasant. And it just... <laughs> I forgot it ended with this. <laughs> um, it just activates all the right monkey brain feel-good neurons to keep you playing. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like that's very succinct to, uh, to explain why Animal Crossing is so good. And I guess, yeah, I guess we're just going to talk about Animal Crossing for the next couple of weeks instead of our little likes. But, yeah, um, I thought that was a good idea. No, yeah. And then, yeah, no, that's exactly the, the way this person kind of set it up. Um, no, I'm not going to say their name. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you go on Tumblr, it's fine. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that's one of the best things about Animal Crossing, that it doesn't, it's, it's literally the fact that you are just doing what you want, and, like, sure, Tom Nook is kind of a capitalist weirdo that just kind of forces you into these debts, but he's literally like, hey, pay this off, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, sure, it's kind of, kind of skeevy, but there's no, you know, you don't have a time limit, so it makes you feel good. Yeah. I do want to defend him, but I don't want to defend that kind of like capitalistic ideal. Yeah. So like that's how I get around it. See, bass are worse than Tom Beck. Oh that's boy. The truth. Yeah. Um. So last week, I don't remember. I think Tristan went middle. I think I went first last week. Cool. I definitely have both my topics ready to go. Do you want me to go first? No, I definitely have one for sure. Okay. <laughs> There's no excuse. <laughs> we literally do nothing all day and sit here, barely I, wearing suitable clothes. I to was existed. I was trying to organize the flowers on my island. I took every flower off of every other place except for the main areas where I planted them, and I put them on the top level. And I was also landscaping another like um, precipice. Um, Making your flowers inaccessible to your villagers. Yeah. They only get them when I give them. I don't know why that sounded so mean and totalitarian. <laughs> Brendan's worse than Thomas. And then, yeah, I was, I was spending time, okay? I was, I was using my brain for other things. Tell us the thing. Uh, my first thing is nachos. Hmm. Uh, nachos are w- one of the greatest amalgamations of food. And I say amalgamation as in, like, Typically, it's, you know, you have tortilla chips, and then cheese, and then a salsa, hopefully a bean, corn, 
Um, if you're getting really wild, you add fresh tomatoes. Well, not, that's not even wild. Uh, guacamole, salsa, um, onion. None of that stuff is wild. Yeah, that's all regular stuff. <laughs> um, but, like, so we we just, we decided to make nachos last night. We were worried there was going to be this um, very, like, um, bastardized version of nachos. Because we just opened a can of crushed tomatoes and threw that in, and then we had a can of beans, and we were using like this chili spice. Um, yeah, we really didn't have the proper ingredients to make nachos, but we went for it anyway. And it tasted great. It tasted really good. Yeah, and that, that so that really got a little got, bit soggy. Yeah, but you know, but if you're doing it right, bottom boys, <laughs> the name of our nachos. Yeah, but um, so yeah, no nachos are just great. I. I think uh, there's a place downtown Toronto called Sneaky D's, and they have just these massive plates of nachos. It's only like 15 bucks, and it's supposed to be a share plate. And almost every time I've gone there, um, I just eat it by myself, and I feel monstrous. And one time I ate too much, so I couldn't drive home. I had to ask my brother to drive me home. Um, it was really wild. <laughs> yeah, because you were just so full. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it hurt. It hurt to sit. Yeah. I could have dro- driven We've home. We've shared that before. Yeah. Many, a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, nachos are just great because you can you can change up the recipe and it doesn't it doesn't drastically change how it tastes. And even when we made it here, it was like it looked stupid, it looked bad, and then it tasted great. And we were like, oh, this is, I guess, like it, it's not that nachos are so easy. Is it yeah. is part of it as well? Like well, you it's can just do it. Chips and delicious things. Yeah, and and that's what I mean. Where. When I say amalgamation, you can add pretty much whatever you want. I was really down to add falafel, but we were already worried that our nachos were going to be bad. The falafel would have been awesome because toasted, it would have been nice and crispy as well. Um, all sorts of different kinds of cheese. I love when adding guacamole. Sour cream is, is fake food. It's one of those foods that doesn't add anything to anything. And I've, like, I've stopped liking it for the past like five years. And every time it's like with like quesadillas or like you get it as a side, I like taste it and I'm like, oh yeah, I hate this. This doesn't add anything and I'm just eating fat. I've never really liked sour cream. I'm a big fan of replacing sour cream with hell of a good dip. Yeah. Or Greek yogurt. I know Any you... kind of white fat substance in that manner, like yogurt, those kind of kind of dips. Because I do like Caesar salad dressing. I do like garlic dip and stuff like that. But something about, I don't know, I can't. Like, this isn't about things we don't like, Brian. I, well, you started it. I didn't. You I started talking about yogurt, like. and you know I love. I was talking about the thing I like, and you were like, oh, "I'm gonna talk about the thing I like." And I was like, "I don't like the things that you like in my segment." Okay. <laughs> right. I was just offering the listeners some different substitutes to sour cream. That is more than fair. Yeah, um, because Which are yeah, really good. hell of a good is. It's just too really good with pierogies. If you yes. like sour cream with pierogies, hell of a good dip's really. It's good just really that. rich. So hell of a good yeah. is really good, but I can't have it. Like I have like two bites, and I'm like, I've already put too much on my plate now. That's a lie. Okay, <laughs> I've seen you eat a lot of hell of a good dip. Yeah, with because chips. I'm a monster. Yes. So just because it tastes good and I'm like satiated doesn't mean I stop. And that's kind of like the best part about uh, nachos as well. Oh, the one thing I forgot to mention at Sneaky D's, if you go downtown, um, whenever we're allowed to, because it's actually like, it's kind of illegal if you are under threat of having COVID. It's like, hey, you're going to get charged. It's it's wild. It's it's good that they do that, but it's like, who who is the one person? Who is the one person that broke that? And we were like, well, we got to make it law now. Yeah. 
people don't really take it seriously, but that's not... Anyways, anyways. So yeah, at Sneaky D's, they have a whole nacho plate. It's like, I think this one's $18. They just swap out all the nachos, or the chips themselves, with uh, uh, a full patin of the whole thing, and then they add all the nacho fixings, and it's buck wild. That was the one that I ate by myself, and... I that's the one we had, too. No, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can change, like, what the chips are, and, it, like, changing the flavor of the chip is so... Um, it, it, it makes your nachos so unique. There's, it just, and I, I feel like I've never had the same nachos ever. Mm-hmm. Like, even, the restaurants are, like, the only place where you can have the same nachos, because, like, they kind of have to figure that out and make sure it's the same. Otherwise, people are going to be upset. But whenever anybody's at home making their own nachos, never, never, I have no idea what I'm going to have. And it's so good. Because if you, even if you add, like, different spices, it's like, ooh, this is a little bit spicier. Oh, this is has... But we went to Ali and Nicole's and we had nacho fries there. Yeah, like that was insane. Those were very good. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, nachos are nachos are amazing, and I like I don't, I don't like I don't really know what else to talk about. Like it's just it's just it's it's a perfect uh, combination of crunch and 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 crunch soft. And munch. Yeah, soft and like if you have guacamole, guacamole is so easy to make and. I mean, you need the ripe avocados, and that's like a whole venture in and of itself to figure out when you're allowed to use avocados, because nobody knows, and then they're, they're immediately bad, and it's it's yeah. so wild. Do you want to hear a song about that? Go to the Soggy Chips band camp. Yes. We do have a song about um, when will my avocado ripen, and when will it be too late? Yes, and it's almost, it's within the same day. Yeah. I don't know if you sing about that, but specifically... I don't remember the song about it, but uh, <laughs> I remember we sang about it. Holy shoot. It's like an aside. Uh, Aaron and I can't do our show anymore. Mostly just because we don't live in the same household, so it's not really responsible to record it anymore. Yeah. Um, and without the both of us, it's just not the same. Oh, for sure. It's the banter, it's the songs. Well, yeah, you wanted you well, you, well, you wanted to be in, you want you wanted me to come on the show a while for a little bit, and then when I did. I felt like so scared and everything, and it was just like I can't do this. I don't know how you two do this. This is wild. It's 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 a they very no. I, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it's a very unique. Like you've made it so unique that it's like yeah, it's it, it is impossible to do it with anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So I think that uh, it's sad. So if you want to go and check out some of our soggy chips, are you plugging? Are you just plugging? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On my segment, yeah. when I don't even know what my second thing is yet? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have chips on Bandcamp. Go check them out. We got all, all right. our songs from our radio show up there. Okay. I'm plugging it because I'm reminiscing about something I like <laughs> that I can't really do anymore. That's fair. But yeah, no, I, as, I, this is, I think this is my shortest segment so far. It's just, I really like nachos. And they're like, I think my brother got me really into, but my brother really got me into a lot of things, and some things really stuck and some things didn't. Um, but like we both get excited in the same capacity, like the same volume, the same intensity about the same things that he kind of introduced me to, because he was excited about nachos always, and then I was like, "You're right, this is good. Why would I eat? Why would I want to eat anything else?" And then like that kind of excitement just like followed through. So like. Yeah, like it, it's so simple, but just the, the combination and the texture of what you're eating. Something about eating, like you hear it in a lot of snobby, I guess, like food critic stuff or like when people are making parodies of that. 
there is something about the texture of what you're eating. If it doesn't jam together in your mouth, if the if it doesn't feel right, mouthfeel, that's a real thing that people use, and I hate when people do it, but now I'm using it. The mouthfeel of nachos, if it is too crunchy, it sucks. If it is too soggy, then it's like, well, what's going on? I didn't want this. It has to be perfect. And there can be pockets of imperfection, but for the most part, unless you really do not know how to make nachos, and I haven't had any friends that are unable to, everybody makes near-perfect nachos. Perfection you find in the perfect bite, and that's a whole other segment of like the perfect bite of chips or or like a poutine or or any kind of food. There's always that perfect bite, and you're not allowed to every get every topping. Yeah, every topping, just the right amount of topping. Um, and for me, it's extra cheese. Oh, for sure. Well. I I really like guacamole. Like if 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 guacamole was, it's easy to make, but if it was easy to maintain, I would have it every day. It's it's fuck wild. I would be one of those millennials that can't afford to live because of my guacamole toast because it would specifically be guacamole, not avocado. Avocado is great, but I want all the spices and the lemon juice, and sometimes the onion. Sometimes there's tomato. Guacamole is different too. This might be just guacamole and nachos time. Guacamole is great. I don't need to get on this. You can continue. I think that's. <laughs> <I think. laughs> All right. Uh, so, nachos. Am I right? Uh, okay. Um, anyway, thank you for sharing about the thing that you like. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um. The thing that I'm going to talk about for my first thing is a TV show um, called Killing Eve. Um, yeah. I am really late to the Killing Eve train, mostly. Doesn't matter. Don't don't apologize yeah. for not liking good stuff. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I feel like as someone who, um, I guess, lives in Canada, it's hard to find Killing Eve on a network since it's a BBC thing. I'm mm. pretty sure it's on like. American streaming services, but not Canadian. So it's kind of hard to find it if you want to watch it above board, which I do. Because, no. I, I don't wanna I want to talk about it. I no. want to say this one sentence thing that whenever Melissa does anything that is legitimately illegal, like streaming something you shouldn't, she does expect the police to show up at her door. Like, that is not a joke, that is a real feeling. And I see it in her face whenever I put on a show that I need that I want to stream. Um, <laughs> and now that I'm admitting it, Melissa thinks that we're going to get killed uh, by the the law enforcement because they're coming in, uh, realizing once they hear, once they check out our our singular episode on the radio, and they hear about what we've done. Um, or possibly listen to this when I upload it on our podcast thing. Um, they're going to find out and be like, get them. They're the ones. <laughs> you can't see Melissa. She's imploring me to stop with my eyes because she truly thinks we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is very fun for me, and I do apologize. I, I don't mean to make you upset. It's very funny though. Okay, is it? A, like it's it's a little bit because of how unorthodox you feel about it. If it was legitimate, I would never make fun of you for it. And I think that's where I stand. And 
to an extent, like you, you do understand how kind of ridiculous it is, which is why I, I still continue. If you, if you truly felt that, I would not harass you like this. That's, I feel like couples are, yeah, couples that do that, like, it's generally like in popular media, it's generally like heterosexual couples that hate each other, but they're like, oh, isn't that love? I love my wife, but I hate her. And it's like, well, no, you don't. I wouldn't do that to you if I truly thought that. It bothered you in that capacity, Are and you. you sure? <laughs> Stop. Okay. Well, can I talk about my thing now? Yeah. Okay. I'm done talking about all of the good stuff. Hmm. Okay. It barely took up that much of your segment. I, I took up like maybe. Anyways, continue. So anyway, um, I recently purchased the first season of Killing Eve on iTunes um, and watched it in a day because quarantine means you can binge watch that really easily. Mm-hmm. No one's going to tell you no. You don't have any work to do. Most well, people are going to tell you yes, which is great. Most people are going to tell you yeah, go for it. Um, so, yeah. So I started watching that yesterday. Watched it for hours um, and, yeah, finished the first season pretty quickly. Um must say that I really enjoy it. For those who don't know about Killing Eve, it's essentially about a um, psychopathic... Is that how you say it? Psychopathic. What? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you say that like that? What do you mean? It's psychopathic. No, it's not. (laughs) It's clearly... Psychopathic. I'm going to say she's a psychopath. She's an assassin. Um, her name is Villanelle, um, or that's kind of like her code name, what she goes by is Villanelle. Um, and basically, she is an assassin, she kills people, and she's really good at it. Um, she is played by Jodie Comer, and or Comer, I don't know how you say that. Um, and Sandra Oh. I was just going to say, Jodie is like, one of the best actors I've ever seen in my entire life for what she does in that. Oh my gosh, so, yeah. It's, it's intense. It's so wildly nuts. Please continue. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's about, um, yeah, Villanelle and then Sandra Oh, who plays Eve Palastri, who is basically an investigator. She has a bunch of different roles to the show so far, um, but she's really fixated on the um, assassin Villanelle because of her um, flamboyant style her ability to get away with so many um, assassinations, not be caught, but basically scream, this is me, I've done it. Um, it's like each kill is different, but it's like very obvious that was her yeah. uh, because of the sort of staging of it, of the pageantry of it. Um, good and, word. Is that from the show? I don't know. You just, that's a good word. Thank you. Um, yeah, Sandra O plays Eve, who is, like, really obsessed with catching, um, understanding, not even, like, catching, but, like, understanding this assassin, um, Villanelle. And, yeah, Jodie Comer, or Comer, how do you say that? Um, she is amazing on this show. Um, she does so many accents, speaks so many languages, and does it, like, I mean, I'm no accent, uh, 
I don't know accent super well, so I couldn't be like, yeah, for sure, it's the best. But as far as I can tell, she does them pretty flawlessly. And she like within the scene, she goes from one to another as she's like kind of contemplating within herself and then speaking to someone like, yes. and it's also, like nothing. Yeah, it's so wild. And the subtleties of her facial expressions also. She can convey so many emotions and goes from like one thing to another so quickly. Because she's a psychopath, she's really good at manipulating people and so she'll be crying about something and trying to convince someone of one thing and then immediately just snap into this other completely different personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Jodie Palmer's really good at like portraying this um, psychopath. But a really cool thing about it too is that it takes place in so many different locations because um, Villanelle is always traveling to complete her assignments. So there's all these different cool locations. Again, she has to take on all these different personas, um, come up with ways to assassinate these people. And then you also have um, Eve, um, and Sandra Oh is also really great in this show. Um, And she's always on the trail of Villanelle, and it's this really interesting relationship. Um, But something I really enjoy about the show is like this super awkward humor that is just infused into it that's just hilarious. There's this one point in the show. I don't want to give away too many things because um, I want everyone to watch it. Yeah, you need time. to ex- you need to experience the whole thing. So it's good that you're, you you you've done a good job so far, leaving out like integral moments while explaining the show really well. Thank you. Um. Anyway, so uh, um, Sandra O's character is asked for her cell phone password, and there's just this like moment where she's just like one. She's crying the entire time because she thinks she's going to die or her husband. Four. And her password is just one, two, three, four. And it's just hilarious. Like, the like, delivery of it. Because she didn't, like, she clearly didn't want to admit that all the, through all this commotion and kerfuffle that her password is so simple. But, like, she had to. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it's just, there's, like, such subtle bits of humor in it that are just really well constructed. It's really funny. But also um, has like a lot of really um, great acting, really cool locations. Um, Villanelle is super um, lavish in the things that she wants and buys. Um, and she has a lot of money, obviously, because she's an assassin. So she has all this, like, all these elaborate costumes and this great wardrobe. And um, it's just really fun to see what she does, um, what she has. Um, she does all these like super elaborate things that are really interesting to watch unfold. Um, and the general supporting cast in it too are just like really good also. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really interesting characters um, that really develop throughout the show. And there's this whole cool story about uh, Villanelle's background, like where she came from, um, and that's all intertwined. Intertwined. Or woven. Interwoven, whatever. <laughs> into the story um, in a really interesting way. So it's just, it's really cool to like watch it all unfold. Um, and yeah, all the characters are super interesting. Um, and it's just like a really fun time. I 
I have been hearing about this show for a while, but again, hadn't watched it because I already have like way too many things to watch because we have um, Netflix, Disney Plus, Prime Video. Um, Prime Video is going to end though. We don't care too much about that. No, I just use it to watch RuPaul's Drag Race at this point. Um, but yeah, so we have like a lot of streaming services that we have, also YouTube um, and everything. So it's like. Uh, yeah, because we're watching Critical Role on that. Yeah. The whole thing. So. Yeah, so I mean, there's like a lot of things we have on the docket. Plus, I have a thousand things to read, which I haven't even done. Plus, Animal Crossing. So, like, why would I start a new thing? Exactly. But during this point, I <laughs> um, was like, yeah, I'm going to start a new thing because why not? And so I decided to just go for it and buy it. It has really good ratings on um, the internet also. I like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And well, yeah, well, like, the whole conversation... <laughs> The whole conversation about uh, Killing Eve online that I've seen as well has always been like, this show is incredible. It's very like, to say a show is intellectually written sounds very pompous and like highbrow, but it's 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 just a really well written show. Like there's no, there's never been a point in time throughout the show so far that I'm that I feel like, well that's stupid or silly. Um, there have been like. There have been like the one time where it's like, why did they do that instead of this? But it's like, you do that with every show. So like, let, sh- shut up, Brendan. Um, no, it's just everything and like, like the way it's shot, everything goes together so well. You feel frantic um, when the characters do. You feel like, mm-hmm. and the music's really good. Too. Yeah, they keep using that one song too, which is really great. But yeah, I don't remember what it is. Um, there's a lot of like cool like pop spoken word female music. Or a female singer, I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, it's got some great hits in it. Um, one of the reasons why I did start watching it though was because I saw this news that, um, <coughs> that they are dropping the third season of the show two weeks early. Yo. So, um, yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about that on Twitter, and they were super excited. So I was like, oh, if this many people really like this show and are excited, I should get into it. So season three is going to premiere April twelfth. So in a couple Yo. weeks, um, two weeks earlier than they said it was going to, um, which of course for a lot of people in this time where you're quarantined and stuck at home, it's good to have something that you really enjoy to watch um, being available a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, no, that's enjoy. awesome. So we're going to make our way through season two, I'm assuming pretty quickly because of how fast we got through season yeah, one. Yeah, because it's a BBC show, so like... <laughs> This, that, that that there's a very good joke about BBC shows having more than like five episodes per season, or the fact that it ran for so long when it only had so many seasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the first season is twelve episodes. No, it's like eight. What? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, because all those intermediate episodes. Or seven. Really? It's not that many. Dang. Like seven or eight episodes. Um, well, they're, 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 that reinforces my point about BBC shows, but it's really good, so it's absolutely worth it. Plus, you can crush it in like a day. Yeah, yeah, if you're us, you know, just <laughs> watch shows. Everybody is relatively us right now. That's fair. This is um, us. That's a, that deserves a, that deserves a cry. Well, let's never finish I that. <laughs> I can't watch that show anymore because literally every episode I had a meltdown watching it. Yeah. I was I was trying to keep it together, but that one where um, uh, 
the his his brother was like having like the stressful time in his like in his job and he couldn't handle everything. Um, and he called the the like the middle brother I think, um, and he was like, hey, because he yeah he was supposed to perform, and he he got a call right before his brother was in the office, the, the black guy, and he was like, hey, what's what's up? And he's like, oh, it's no no no, I it's nothing. Go have a good thing. And then he didn't show up on the stage. And I was just crying the entire time. I was like, oh. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. good shows. Killing Eve is buck wild. Yeah, I definitely recommend it if uh, you're interested in watching something new that's really well done, um, really great acting, really cool music, really interesting locations, and cool characters. Yeah. I like to say about that. Cool. Um, so, I did figure out my second thing. And my second thing is Portal. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Portal and Portal 2, they're video games made by Valve. Um, the same people that kind of made like Half Life and all, the, all those games and stuff like that. What is it? Team Fortress? Kinda. <laughs> um, but yeah, Portal um, is a first person puzzle solving game. Um, you wake up in this clear cell and everything, it's like classic, uh, I guess, sci-fi lab fantasy. That's the wrong word to describe it, but um, everything is clean and sanitized. There are white panels everywhere and everything is like neat and proper. Um, and you wake up in this cell and you're basically like a test subject uh, running through these like portal-esque uh, problems. Um, so you have to kind of figure out how to use portals to your advantage. They're literal portals, so you, you place one on a wall, you place one on a different wall, you can walk through it, you can, so you can traverse, like, uh, different hazards, things like that, or you can, you know, uh, if you put a portal on the ceiling, you can drop a box through a wall, and then it drops down onto a platform that is too high, but it, the box would then press a button for you, and, and there, there's your puzzle. Um, so, yeah, so this game starts out, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, you're just running these tests, you don't really know why or what's going on, uh, and there's the robot GLaDOS that is kind of giving you these instructions as if, you know, you're just the next person in line to test all these things. Um, and yeah, things get a little tough, and there are little areas as you go through certain um, levels, you'll you'll get to... You'll, you'll basically uncover some weird things. Um, like, if you somehow get behind certain walls that you're not necessarily supposed to um, via the trials that are given to you, but they're open, um, you can see that, like, on the outside of this uh, lab, uh, well, not the outside, in the in walls of the lab, it's like it's just like a general facility, uh, but there are, like, scribblings and scratchings on the wall talking about, like, the uh, what was it called? The Ratman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Ratman and all these things. The cake. the cake is that's where that big joke came from. The cake is a lie. If you don't know about that, I I I wish I could live in your your life because that just that just dominated I think like two thousand five up <laughs> to two thousand ten. Um but yeah, so you, you, you uncover all these things and things are a little bit weird, but for the most part you're you're doing alright. Um sometimes GLaDOS says a little bit uh, very confusing um, dialogue or, or things will be like a little messed up but um, in a very robotic tone she'll be like oh no no, no everything's fine um, and then you 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 finish the you finish the experiment um, and your task 
Well, my, my huge thing is, to, is basically portals. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this to leave because you can play a portal and still have a good time. Okay. It is still absolutely worth it. That's portal two. Portal two is the is the meat and potatoes, I guess. There's that's a phrase. It's a hundred percent a phrase. But why do you say it like that? <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the meat. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the candles. It's I don't the know. quarantine brain. <laughs> Poo brain. Poo brain is the best way to put it. Poo brain. Um, but yeah, so um, you finish the experiment, you you, you, you pass through all the trials, um, and GLaDOS seems a little, like, irritated about it. Um, but yeah, you get to the next room, and you stand on this platform, and the platform starts moving, and you have no real escape. There are some walls that the portals do not work on, um, and then you and basically enter this chamber on this moving platform that is descending into fire. And GLaDOS is just like, yeah, so stand on the platform and assume the party um, reconciliation position, which literally you are told via signs. Um, it's by placing the portal gun on the floor, laying on your stomach and your hands behind your head. Um, and then, yeah, this platform just goes into fire, and it's just terrifying. The first time I did it, I died, like, twice, because I was like, what? How am I supposed to get out of this? Um, and then you do figure it out. Um, and you you kind of like try and break your way out. Gladys loses track of you, and then you you hear her start like talking through the walls, being like, "Oh, well, good good job. You have actually completed this task, and you've succeeded where we thought you would fail. Uh, please come back to the main room and assume the party planning or the the party requisition position and whatnot." And she's just imploring you to just give up. Uh, but then you start like going through the the, the inner workings of the facility and. It's just wild. You, you, you find out so much about this facility. Nobody else is in the facility. It is just you and Glados, which makes it even more terrifying. Um, and without ruining, like, I don't want to ruin puzzles. I don't want to ruin anything else. There is a portal too, and you are the same person. Your your name is Chell. Um, yeah, I've only really ever played Portal Two. Which yeah, which yeah. is like me running through this. It's, sure, I'm I'm spoiling the story, but the like the 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 main course. The what? The the TV dinner, fresh out of the microwave. No. The, the fruit and veg. The <laughs> meat and what was the other thing? The meat and veg. Okay. Um, <laughs> So yeah, you, you end up having this big fight with uh, GLaDOS, and like, you're not equipped to fighting, so it's still like a puzzle in that regard, but like, you are able to die. Um, all these things happen, and you end up escaping, um, and you, you get like a glimpse of fresh air. In the original game, it cut to black there. You, you basically woke up on the pavement, seemingly above, well, above ground, because you apparently were underground, um, and you woke up on the pavement, and that's where, that's where the game cut to black. Um, I, they released an update for it, or something happened, um, and when you do that, when you beat the game now, you find that your body is dragged away. Um, and that's where we get to Portal 2. Um, so effectively, Portal 1, you, you, you are just a test subject, but you, you are better. You're effectively better than GLaDOS, and she's really annoyed by that, and yeah, this AI is more sentient than you, than you expect it to be when you first start. Um, and yeah, the you, in the second game you wake up in like a similar room, um, 
and you are effectively bombarded by this new AI called Wheatley. Uh, Wheatley is voiced by oh, it's the person that does stuff with Ricky Gervais a lot. Tim Merchant. Tim Tim Merchant. Mm-hmm. I think so. One of the best voice acting I've ever seen in like a like a comedic video game like that. It's so wild. It's really good. It's it's it's, it's amazing. Really funny. Yeah, and the like the writing got infinitely better, which is difficult to do because Portal 1 had such good storytelling. Um, and yeah, Wheatley basically like encounters you while you're doing the tutorial stuff. You wake up in this room and you're like, uh-oh, this doesn't seem right, but I don't know what else to do. Uh, and Wheatley kind of like breaks into your room. It's an orb, like just basically with an eye on a track, and the track kind of runs throughout the, the whole game, well, the whole facility. And he's just like, hello, well, so we're trapped and, you know, we have to, we, we kind of have to get you out. So everything's going to be a little bit rocky. Just, uh, just hold on to something. And then the whole room that you're in just starts slamming against things. Um, and basically whatever GLaDOS decided to do to you, um, she basically locked you in like this room and you kept kind of like waking up doing regular processes and going back to sleep. You had nothing else to do. Wheatley broke you out. Um, and then you had like... They made so the original portal you could probably knock out in like two hours, maybe three if it takes you that long. Um, and I might be gauging that wrong. Portal Two is a full like ten hour game. Um, and there's also co-op missions. Yeah, uh, and, and it's amazing. You um, in, the, in the co-op mission they seem like like they seem like just like not elseworld, but they seem like outside of the story. There is a way. I'm not going to spoil it, but it does absolutely directly connect to the main story. Um, you play these two robots, um, Atlas and Peabody. Um, they're very goofy and funny. They have a lot of physical comedy um, when they interact with each other. And it's really neat to see. And it's super fun to play it with another person because it takes the puzzles up to a whole other level. Yeah. Where you have to use both portals um, to do different tasks and both people are working together but you both have your own portal systems going on it's it's so good there's a lot of really cool like where do you place this in order to like get or like you have to do object a over yeah or sometimes you have to use like velocity and and timing so sometimes you'll have to like have somebody throw a block that you need to press a button off of one place into one portal coming out the side of a wall on another portal um, and somebody has to time it that they jump and catch that block. Um, and then you have to do something else. Like, it, it's, yeah. it gets more complicated, but it gets more rewarding when you complete these puzzles. Um, yeah. And it, it, it kind of really opened my eyes. I was never... I think that was, like, early 2000s when I started kind of getting into different kinds of video games. That was the first one where I was like, oh my god. It, it, like, it, I was a child, essentially. But it was like, this doesn't... I, I uh, Sorry, this doesn't directly need to be violent. Like, violence is not... A lot of video games that I've played were always like, oh, you're hacking and slashing. Regardless of what kind of fantasy or how realistic it was, there was always some kind of measure of, like, oh, go, go here, kill thing, do puzzle, leave. This one was pure puzzle. There was no killing anything. You are the only thing alive, um, for well, in flesh and bone. And it was like, this is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. It still lives up to itself today. Um, I and highly the oh, end cutscene. Oh my god, it's they're so good. Oh, 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 what's that guy's name? Um, the guy that played um, J. Jonah Jameson in the original Spider-Man movies. Uh, Whiplash. He was the guy in Whiplash. You don't know who he is? He's he's Johnson. He's 
Uh, he's the the owner of the company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, shoot. So if you've ever seen the original Spider-Man 1, 2, or 3 with... What's that guy's name? I'm, I'm, I do not know anybody. Um, the guy who played Spider-Man. Oh, Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. So those original Tobey Maguire movies... Um, I'm gonna look this up right now, actually. I'm, I'm kind of bleeding into your next section, but... Um, yeah, anyways, Portal's really great. You can play it on almost every console now. You can probably get it anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's really good. You should play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, go to your thing. I'm going to interject when I find this man's name, but do your last thing because we only have like seven minutes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Uh, my last thing we've already mentioned in this episode. Actually? Yeah. It's Critical Role. Hey! Um, Brenda and I really like D&D, and it's really sad that we can't play right now, obviously, because of the quarantine. Um, but uh, we love it, and we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to it one day. Um, maybe when we can have all of our friends here, because that would be really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Critical Role is basically a live-streamed, um, game of Dungeons and Dragons where a bunch of voice actors get together and play characters, um, and yeah, they just play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the DM is, um, Matthew Mercer, um, did you want to interject really quick? No, 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 you're, you're getting right to it, it's fine. Um, the DM is Matthew Mercer. It's starring Marsha Ray, um, Travis Willingham, Laura Bailey, Liam O'Brien, Sam Regal, Talison Jaffa? I don't know. Anyway, and Ashley Johnson are like the main people that are on it. Um, and they're all voice actors who have been in different video games mainly, um, but different things as well. And they are all really amazing in the voices that they portray, the characters that they portray. It's really cool to watch them um, play Dungeons and Dragons. Matthew Mercer is also a really great DM. He has a lot of cool characters, cool stories, all very well thought out and well played. Yeah, it um, is nuts, especially that they're all voice actors too, so everybody gets a unique uh, like stance, like every yeah. character in that whole thing. Yeah, they're super well fleshed out characters. Um, if you ever played D&D before, you know that um, sometimes it's hard if your DM's really good, which most of the time we've played, we've had that experience, but even still, it's hard for you to know all the knowledge that your character knows in the world, um, because even though your character is an integral part of the world, it's hard to know everything that the DM is planning, and also they don't want to give everything away. But sometimes in critical roles, someone will just be like, like in the last episode I was watching, there's this one um, character that Travis Willingham plays called Ford, and he was a sailor, and he's like, oh yeah, that could be like this coral reef or this coral reef, but like actual names of different coral reefs that exist in the world. And it's like, that's stuff that their character would know, but also not necessarily things that they would know as a person. Yeah, they do, you know? they do so much extra research. Of, yeah, there's a lot of research um, into it. So I've started watching the second campaign because it's more recent and they're still working on it. They've been on a hiatus because of quarantine, um, but the second season has 99 episodes currently. Um, the first season has 115, and each of these episodes are like three to four hours. It's a lot of content, like literally thousands of hours of content to go through. I started season two on episode 20 because that was the first one that was on Spotify. I've since moved to watching it on YouTube because it's way cooler because Matthew Mercer has all these miniature sets of like the different locations 
Yeah, um, it's stupid. All of the characters <laughs> have their own minis that are like painted by Matthew Mercer. Um, and he has like all these cool designs. There's like cool maps. Um, so there's all these interesting things to look at when you actually watch it on YouTube rather than um, watching it or listening to it on Spotify. Although both have their merits. Um, so I started watching it a little bit late, but it's really easy to get into at any point. Um, I'm currently on episode like 37, so I've watched like quite a bit, yeah. but there's still so much to get through. So um, in tandem with that, just to make it a little bit easier to digest, um, we have a couple friends that have been watching or listening or watching it to it as well. Um, they, my one friend is not too keen on spending the time to do, it's not necessarily fluff, it is still important character development and stuff like that, but it's like, I can, I can glaze over this. Um, so what they did, and like, it is a legitimate suggestion if you really want to like dig deep into it. Um, to start at like, I think he was saying start at like episode 70? Well, he listened from episode 20 to like 30 something and then skipped ahead. Yeah, so, because sorry, that's Because there's it, that's a lot it. of like middling stuff. Um, I personally sometimes will skip past fighting scenes because I understand how combat works in D&D and it can take a long time, like literal hours to go through one combat encounter. So sometimes I'll skip that a little bit if I'm not in the mood for that because for me it's i yeah. find the npcs and the character interaction and the story building in that way more interesting um sometimes the combats are really cool though so sometimes they're worth it but there are things that you can kind of skip through and um pick and choose what you want to listen to um but it is like a really cool world um matthew mercer also was like a consultant slash writer on a new D D book yeah what um, is that the, something Explorer, about Wildmount? Yeah, yeah, yeah explorer's guide to world now Wildmount? I don't know. I thought um, it was Wildmount. I think it's Wildmount, actually. That makes sense. Um, but Wildmount is like the world that the current campaign exists in that they're doing. Um, and Matthew Mercer put a lot of effort and work into creating this world and that every city has like really specific details about them. He's created new spells, new magic, um, new things for races. Um, so it's really cool. Um, he knows a lot about D&D, so watching them play is a really interesting experience. It's also helpful if you're trying to get into Dungeons & Dragons to um, see people playing it and get used to like how certain rules work. Um, they do a really good job at... Because uh, um, some of them are still confused about some things if like it's a new character or whatever. Yeah. So sometimes they'll explain, like, oh, this is how this spell works, this is how concentration works, and it's like... It's all there, so if you are interested in playing, it's like a good resource for that too, to see if you would like it. And it's, um, it's a good, it's a good way to see how. I mean, every group, I feel like everybody is unique in their own role playing, but it is a good, like, stepping stone to see how role playing, like, kind of should be, um, and taking your character seriously and like, oh, is this what you're doing? This has real, like, world consequences. Like, you can't just be goofy there's a lot of times where like two of the characters jester and not um they get into a lot of random nonsense and it's like no they're doing bad things um there is like good intentions for the group or maybe they need information but like they're doing bad things and they've gotten into like a lot of sticky situations and there's yeah. no pulling punches when it comes on that yeah exactly but also it's like so it's like so integral to their characters um, yeah, because, it's not. It's not it, it's, because Jester's like a prankster, and she is very like easygoing. She likes pulling these like tricks and cons, and 
that's just like a part of who she is. Yeah. She um, basically um, is devoted to this god called the Traveler, who's all about like pranking and doing silly things. Um, and Not is a literal goblin person. Yeah. And so, is, is there, are they evil? Like, is there? I don't think they're evil, no, but definitely chaotic. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so and the, like it's really great though because they're they're fairly self-centered. Like that goblinness comes out, especially during combat. Like they don't they help as much as they can, but they will not put themselves in danger to help like others in that regard. Like some of the other characters will. It's really great to see that kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. It is interesting, and then also they have like special. Like, they have closer bonds to certain characters than others. And there's all these things that really develop over time. And it's just, like, a cool thing to listen to or watch. Um, especially because I haven't been able to play D&D in a while. It's, like, it's just nice. It's nice to fill the void, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, we were, we were thinking about doing D like, online, like, through Skype or, like, Google Hangouts. And it's, like, the way we our group uh, kind of coalesces with a lot of our role-playing. Um we could technically do it. It would it would really take away a lot of the magic and to preserve what we've built. We were just like, I guess we have to abide by quarantine. Yeah. And we and we are, just just to be clear. Also, <laughs> but it's really killing us. It's killing us really deep down inside. Yeah. Also one of our friends has really bad internet, so Well that well, no, what we we did agree that we weren't going to do this online. We like we wanted to do other games online. Yeah. Um, but yes, the battered internet is stopping the one friend. So, anyway, um, Critical Role, cool um, podcast slash live stream show. Um, J.K. Simmons. I did look oh, it up. J.K. Simmons. Right. That's the man's name. That's Cave Johnson. When you encounter, if you play Portal 2 and you encounter Cave Johnson, you that you'll you'll lose your mind. His voice acting, his entire character is just absolutely bonkers. And like it is the it is one of the best things in Portal, and that's wild to say because every character Wheatley, Glados, and then Cave Johnson is the best thing in Portal. It's so wild. Anyways, I'm so sorry. I want I did not want to forget. We're we're coming close to time. That's okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Critical Role is a cool podcast slash whatever I said before. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's a good time now to catch up on it while they're not making any more episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure that this season will probably be done sometime soon. They yeah, already have 99 episodes. But yeah, um, we do have to wrap up. That was our show. Thank you so much, Matt Campbell, for our brand new music. It's so good. Um, and yeah, again, I'll figure out what song I'm playing at the end. I might not be able to put in a song. Uh, if I do, it'll be on the, the our podcast thing description. If not, uh, I'm sorry. You just have us to end with. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. 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 B